What's up, guys? Rick here with your betting and one-and-done preview for this week's AT&T Byron Nelson. We'll go through some outright options. We'll look at head-to-head matchups, and then we'll discuss some of the good, maybe some of the bad one-and-done picks for this week. There's already a DFS preview that's out this week. There's already a sleepers video that's out this week. I hope to have the fades video out uh, in just a bit as well, bringing that back this week. Also, uh, live chats, two of them, on Wednesday, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on the Rick Rungood YouTube channel. That is all things Byron Nelson. We can talk about ownership and weather and the course and speculate wildly about whatever you would like. And then we are going to dive feet first into head first or feet first? Two feet in, head first, into Stock Market DFS Wednesday evening. That's 8.15 p.m. Eastern Time. And there's a reason that we picked that time because it is the final hour of the IPO phase. That is when the bidding really gets spicy and then it closes and your shares of each golfer are allocated. If you have not joined us for that yet, highly encourage you to do so. 8.15 p.m. Eastern Time right here on the Rick Run Good YouTube channel. But without further ado, I guess we should just get into this, the bets and one and done options for this week's Byron Nelson. What you're looking at on the screen right now is my tournament predictor tool. This is on rickrungood.com uh, as as well as everything that I do. And uh, I simulate this tournament 1,000 times and then I compare it to the odds that are out there. and We see if there's any glaring differences. I have uh, no surprise, I suppose. John Rahm and Bryson DeChambeau, who are the two favorites uh, to win this event, both of them 8-1 to one over on DraftKings, and I believe similar prices in most places. William Hill probably has them. Let's see. Yes, both 8-1 to one as well. <clears throat> and to me, there was a pretty big drop-off, or at least in the simulations, a pretty big drop-off from those two golfers uh, to everybody else. So I have it. I have John Rahm winning this about 14% of the time, Bryson DeChambeau winning it about 13% of the time. Both of those are um, more than the 11% that their odds are implying. So in theory, both of them would be good bets, quote, end quote. Uh, but I'm not sure there's a ton of value there and you're asking them to win the golf tournament quite a significant portion of the time. After that, Scotty Scheffler and Mark Leishman are kind of in the next tier. They won my simulations about seven and a half percent of the time each. And this is where I actually start to think there is a lot more value here. You know, Scotty Scheffler has been low key, just like a mini version of Bryson in the last 24 rounds or so. He's not gaining as many strokes off the tee, but he's been better in some other areas. He's hitting it, uh, you know, again, driving distance can be a flawed stat, but hitting it kind of as far uh, when it went out all the, when all the dust settles. He's also uh, making as many birdies, if not more birdies, 25.5% of the holes that he played in the last 24 rounds. And this just sets up, as I believe, to be a really good course for him. You know, TPC Craig Ranch, a course that you can kind of just hit it far off the tee, uh, rely on your irons, rely on your approach game, which Scotty Scheffler's been much better at. Let the putter get hot at times. We have seen Scotty Scheffler do that. He's already shot a 59 in his career. We saw him make a deep run into the uh, the match play as well. So you have to be able to get hot in those types of situations. So um, that, to me, I think is very interesting. Scotty Scheffler, 22-1. to 1, And I'll tell you in a second uh, the wagers that I have already made. Um, 
And then Mark Leishman, you know, Mark Leishman, this is a shockingly high number for him. Seven and a half percent of the time. It's shocking. So so why? Well, I think we have to look at Mark Leishman and say he's won twice in the last 18 months, right? Something like that. He won Tory last year. And then, of course, he wins the Zurich with Cam Smith this year, just a couple of weeks ago. So the upside is there. The model appreciates the upside. There's also something else about Craig Ranch that I find interesting. And as as the week goes on, I start to think this might turn into um, not a wedge fest, but like an approach contest. Because I've been talking all week about how wide open it is off the tee. Well, it's wide open for everybody. So if that means everybody's going to be able to get their club on the ball somewhere with a look at the green, whether that is in the rough, which doesn't seem to be all that penal, or in the fairway... <clears throat> excuse me, you know, then this turns into an approach fest and, and, and Leishman's approach numbers much improved when he's going well, he's a great ball striker. He is not great off the tee, which might be the combination that we are looking to unlock here at Craig ranch. The only caveat to that is, you know, we're already seeing weather down there or rain. I guess we're always seeing weather down there, rain down there, uh, early in the week, uh, Tuesday, I believe they've, they kind of got washed out a little bit. If that continues and we'll have to check the forecast and this ends up playing wet and you know, the tour loves to go to preferred lies, you know, lift clean in place. And if that's the case, then obviously being in the fairway is going to be much more valuable because you're going to be able to put your hand on the ball. You're going to be able to set up a perfect lie, and then you're going to be able to take aim at these greens, not have to worry about mud balls or anything like that. So if we get a hunch that the tour would go to preferred lies, uh, maybe even on Thursday, uh, Thursday only, something like that, we I would certainly weigh more accurate drivers of the golf ball more because there'd be an advantage if you were in the fairway. So all of that leads to saying, you know, Jordan Spieth, he wins my simulation five and a half percent of the time. The more I think about this, the more interesting he becomes because of the, you know, he's long enough off the tee, but he's not very accurate off the tee. Well, that's probably not going to be a problem here. Then he's been one of the best approach players uh, on tour this season. So now we start to get into that aspect of it. And we say, wow, okay, he can roll in a lot of putts. Um, now he would need to hit enough fairways to be able to, to take advantage of uh, lift clean in place. Again, making the assumption that we somehow get to that point of, of the event, which, which might be a large assumption to make, but there's, there's kind of a, a couple of different paths here that I think this, this tournament goes down and I, and I, and I keep finding myself going back to bombers, uh, and guys that are great with their approaches. So what have I done? Well, um, you know, I kind of missed the boat on acting quickly after Dustin Johnson withdrew from this. So if you got Scotty Scheffler anywhere at 20 to 22, which I actually, I was able to get a 22 on him, but that was the only thing I got. Um, then I, I think you're in good shape. Scotty Scheffler, 20 to, 20 to 1, 22 to 1, something like that. Uh, I'm still intrigued by the top of the board. There, uh, there is a path that Bryson might just win this thing by like five shots. Uh, but his approach game last week was so horrible, but he had, I, I mean, I, I looked this up. Bryson DeChambeau played the par fives at even par last week. The last time he played the par fives uh, at even par or worse was 111 events ago. Now those are only the events that he made the cut uh, that I'm counting, but it, it's, it's, 
he's just not going to do it again. He's just not. I don't think he's going to hit his approaches as poorly. I don't think he's going to play the par fives as poorly. And you consider that if after all, I don't think he's going to fly home on Friday and have to fly back on Saturday, considering he's in Texas. Even if he wants to go home, he could go home uh, pretty quickly. Like all the things that were against Bryson last week, and he finished ninth. That that is scary for the field. And and if he figures it out, he wins this thing by five shots. But um, you know, Circa has a little bit better number for me uh, than eight to one. They have him at ten to one. Which if if I'm gonna bet Bryson, I'm gonna do it there. Eight to one starts to get incredibly short. So I haven't pulled the trigger on anything uh, as of yet. I I do find you know Ryan Palmer. He's gonna be incredibly popular in in DFS circles this week. Uh, he opened up at fifty after DJ withdrew. He got down to forty five to one. We know that he has the course record. We know that he is a Texas guy. I can I am concerned about the general. Uh, upside of of Ryan Palmer winning an individual event, but at forty five to one, and then not having to worry about his ownership, particularly in DFS circles, uh, seems like a a pretty reasonable path to go down. And then I actually think there are um, there there is a case to be made this week for some of the longer shots, especially on a course that we I mean we're speculating wildly about how TPC Craig Ranch is going to play, and if if I'm wrong. I kind of also want to be able to take advantage of that as well, right? So I think this is a week where you might want to embrace the volatility a little bit. You might want to start considering guys a little bit further down the board. And I don't know what the right number for further down the board is, but you can get guys like John Catlin, the American coming over to play on the European Tour. He's 175 to 1 this morning. He's won four times um, since 2019, since the end of 2019 in four different countries. Obviously, that those fields are nowhere near what we saw or excuse me, what we see weekly on the PGA Tour, but they are, uh, you know, being able to raise a trophy on on a Sunday, no matter where it is, whether it's your member guests or whether it's the PGA Tour, is a skill. Raising a trophy on Sunday is a skill. Beating everybody in front of you is a skill. Even his top 20 number uh, translates to plus 450, so four and a half to one to finish inside the top 20. That's pretty interesting. Uh, Vincent Whaley. So if we're talking top 20s, Vincent Whaley also plus 450. He's been living in that kind of 25 to 35 range. Peter Uline would be another one. Let me see what I can find on his. So his top 20 is plus 275, playing better, uh, playing really well on the Corn Ferry, playing okay on the PGA Tour. He's just got to kind of figure that out here on the big circuit. When the dust settles this week, uh, I already have a Scotty Scheffler ticket. I will probably, I'll probably get some some exposure to Bryson. It probably won't be like a full bet. I'm not super excited about it, but I see a path in which he just absolutely uh, dominates this field. I think honorable mention, and I don't know if I'll be able to if I if I pull on Bryson, I probably won't be able to pull on Daniel Berger. Although I really love that upside. Um, you know, Jordan Spieth continues to be interesting. It's a really, it's a really tough week to try to figure out. the The other thing is, <laughs> so not not to name every single one of the top players here, but the other thing to consider is 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 Brooks Koepka get twenty three to one. Isn't this a conversation we just had about Roy McIlroy last week saying um, you want to be early on him as opposed to late? We don't know what Brooks has been doing for the past couple of weeks. Presumably rehabbing since missing the cut at the Masters, dealing with the 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 knee. Um, wouldn't this be a particularly good spot for him? Probably. And now we have just so many question marks. And we look at his number and it's 23 to one. You know, Rory started with a two last week, you know, 20 to one. 
Maybe, and we just kind of like, we're like, well, that's too long. Maybe it's too long for Brooks. So I don't know. I, I, I have a Scotty Scheffler ticket. I'll probably, I might convince myself to get on Brooks by the end of the week, but um, yeah, I'm really torn. So I'm interested to hear what you guys think at, at Rick Rungood, leave a comment below. Uh, laser focus on Scheffler, Bryson, and probably Brooks, I think are the best values. I could see a case for going further down the board, getting access to Ryan Palmer, and then just piling up on top 20s with some of these longer shot guys that I like. That's probably the way that I will handle it. But I, it's a very difficult week to handicap. Let's see if we can find some better luck in the head-to-head matchup uh, department. So there were a couple that jumped out to me right away. First of all, the Jordan Spieth versus Hideki Matsuyama. This is uh, not only... I'm interested in what the metrics say, but there's there's also a story to be told about the um, about the you know the, the the narrative side of this. So since the start of 2020, if that's the time frame that we want to use, Hideki wins this wins this matchup about 66 percent of the time. If we change it to 2021, I bet you it flips, and I bet you Spieth gets the nod, and he does 65 percent. So Spieth has been unbelievable here in 2021. This already inc- this also includes you know the Masters win uh, from Hideki Matsuyama, which is kind of my big concern. This is his first start since winning the Masters. We know that he went back to Japan. He quarantines for two weeks. He was got. He received the hero's welcome. He did press everywhere. He did. He was honored everywhere. You wonder how much of that trip uh, took out of him. How much it 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 cut into his practice time. We know it's hard to play. You know the next the next start after any win, let alone a major, let alone a major when you are uh, the crown jewel of of your country. So I I am approaching this very cautiously. Uh, the other one that I think is, is kind of interesting, Russell Knox versus Tom Hoagie. Russell Knox, low-key, in the last two weeks, and I don't know if, if, if I would have been able to guess this, it has, has back-to-back top 25s at Valspar and, and Wells Fargo. I don't think I, I saw a single one of his shots. I don't think a single one of his shots was shown on on any coverage anywhere and he's now gained strokes on approach in six straight i have this much closer uh, i have this darn near a coin flip between hoagie and russell knox since the start of 2021 DraftKings has russell knox as the significant favorite 129 so i, I suppose this is a no bet but it, it, it is it was surprising to see how well knox had played at least in the last two weeks because it kind of flew under the radar to me until i until i started excuse me, diving into, into this week. And then this one, let's do Sam Burns and Harris English. And I'm running this since the start of 2021. So I imagine Sam Burns is going to absolutely mop the floor with Harris English. Yeah, he does. I, I have, I have Sam Burns winning this 83% of the time. That is Probably not true, but it's a small sample size, uh, but certainly shows how different these two have been. And and DraftKings has them both at minus 114. Sam Burns in 2021 and even to the back to the start of the 2021 season, which went was in the fall, has been one of the best players on tour. Now, Harris English was awesome at the end of 2020, finally wins at the Tournament of Champions and then hasn't been good since then. So if we open this up a little bit, open up the time frame, let's say... Let me try to get back to like the fall. We'll call it like September. That would have been like the start of the season. Yeah, Sam Burns still crushes Harris English. Now, if we open this up to the start of 2021, I'm sure Harris English is going to make a comeback here. Yeah, he does. So Harris English um, 
is 60% to win this if you go back to the start of 2021. But you can see Sam Burns, I mean, you know, once we start closing the gap a little bit, Burns is going to start to take over here. Let's see. Yeah, basically since the last summer. And then once we go into the fall, that starts to be Sam Burns time. And then he never looks back and he's kind of just been dominating ever since. So um, this is a bet to me. I know it's I know that there's probably no matchup in which any golfer is likely to win 83.5% of the time like this model is showing. But that is indicative of really, really how good Sam Burns has been and how poor Harris English has been. And I'm going to try to take advantage of that. Let's do a little one and done update. So this is the run good one and done. We are near, nearing the end of segment three. We have the uh, this week, the PGA Championship, the Charles Schwab, and the Memorial. So four events remaining in segment three. Our overall leader, Caster Joshua, holding a small lead over Graybo, small lead over Nash the Flash, and Chappy Chaps, all of them over $11 million, all within $500,000 of each other. Jay Key is next in Fifth, uh, trying to make his way into that $11 million range. So what are we looking at for this week? Well, um, the, I just mentioned Sam Burns. You might have already used him because we've talked a lot about Sam Burns this year and how great he's been, but th- I probably could not have asked for a better spot for Sam Burns uh, to, go to, to go to TPC Craig Ranch where he can just unleash the beast bomb driver off the tee, rely on his approaches, which he is, uh, I think he's like 17th on tour in strokes gained approach. He's been phenomenal. We know the upside. I'm, I know he's coming off a win, which is usually like, ah, I'm a little bit nervous. Let's see. We had the week off time to get right, reset, celebrate all that good stuff. I, I, I think this is a really good spot for Sam Burns. If you have not used him yet. Mentioned Scotty Scheffler. I'll have an outright on him. Certainly don't mind using him in one and dones. I think Matt Fitzpatrick continues to be interesting here. The uh, the idea of... So since the start of 2021, Jordan Spieth's the best player on tour. He's gaining over two strokes per round. Right behind him is Matt Fitzpatrick, which is kind of shocking, right? He doesn't have a win on the PGA Tour. He has a win on the European Tour at the end of last year. He just finds a way to get it done, finds a way to finish inside the top 20, the top 10. Um, it, it, it seems like there's... Like there used to be better course fits for him. Now it seems like he can contend anywhere. Uh, Matt Fitzpatrick is certainly a guy that I would be interested in. I wouldn't mind. I assume, you know, people who have not used, or who didn't use Ryan Palmer in the team event, if you still have him, this kind of feels like a decent place to run him out. You know, it's, I think it's 1.4 million up top for the winner. He holds the course record here. You don't have to worry all that much about ownership because I think a lot of people burned him at the Zurich or have already burned him at some point. Uh, this year. So he would be interesting. And then I think if you're really looking for a flyer, again, you might've burned him in the team event. It's Mark Leishman. You know, the, the idea of um, hitting the ball anywhere you want off the tee, plus be good with your approaches, plus have winning upside is basically the, is basically the profile of Mark Leishman. Uh, A win at the Zurich, a fifth at the masters. Those were his last two starts. He had a fourth back at the Sony Remember, he was miserable to end 2020, got a lot better to start 2021, has a new trophy on the mantle to show for it. So um, I certainly would not mind Leishman in this situation either if you still have him available. There you go. That's probably the route that I'm going to go. I'll have to see who I have left and who I'm going to be using, but uh, it'll be one of those four or five guys almost across the board. Let me know who you're going with at Rick Rungood or leave a comment below. Best of luck this week, and I'll talk to you soon.